Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 603 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's podcast brings us a 40-year veteran of the fight with type 1 diabetes. Heidi was diagnosed when she was 9 years old, and she's here today to tell you all about it. While Heidi is talking and I'm being delightful, I need you to remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Are you looking for the diabetes pro tip episodes? At the moment, they started episode 210. Go back in your podcast episodes uh, machine, the podcast app, and take a look. They're also available at juiceboxpodcast.com and diabetesprotip.com. I said at the moment because I'm toying with re-releasing them. I'm still trying to figure out if that's a good idea or not. Uh, but they're always, they'll always be where they're at now. Episode 210 is where they start. You'll see there's a list at diabetesprotip.com. You, uh, you'll, you'll figure it out. And if you're interested in community, check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Oh, this is my last ad for 2021. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm finished. You don't know what it's like to get a, uh, well, maybe you know what it's like, but um, an assignment on January 1st to make over 300 live ads for seven companies, I don't know, six or seven. There's a lot of them. And I'm done. This is it. Like, I've not done like, oh, I'm glad I'm done with that. But like, I actually completed it. It's a big deal for me. I'm the kind of person who you would have, you know, given a book report to in 11th grade and they never would have done it. So I'm proud of myself. So let me put a real good effort into this one. Not that they all don't get a good effort. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Please go find them on Instagram, Facebook, and at touchedbytype1.org. Touched by Type 1's mission is to elevate awareness of type 1 diabetes, raise funds to find a cure, and inspire those with diabetes to thrive. You really should check out what they're doing at touchedbytype1.org. And let me thank them personally for being longtime sponsors of the podcast. Okay, here comes Heidi. By the way, there's going to be two more episodes this week. These are just the last of the ads. Let's try this again. Hi, how are you? Okay. Hi. <laughs> Tell everyone your name. How are you? Uh, Heidi Wickstrom. Heidi, what makes you want to be on the podcast? Wow. Um, well, I guess 40 years of being a diabetic and knowing lots of moms that have little ones that have always come to me and asked questions. And I felt like maybe I could give some advice to others or cool. just some knowledge experience. Good. I like it. Um, yeah. So 40 years ago, you're how old now? 49. Wow. Okay. So when you're nine years old in 1980-ish? 81. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Now that was, to me, that's, that's, that's still dark ages, right? That's yeah. cloudy. Yeah. No meter, stuff like that. No. Do you remember much of it? Do I do. What sticks out in your mind when I say, what's it like growing up with diabetes? Uh, well, I mean, I have a vivid uh, memory of when I found out. If you want to hear that story. Tell me more. 
Um, so, well, first let me preface that with my dad was also type one from the age of seven. Okay. So my mom was kind of always on the lookout, I guess, for one of us to get it possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember sitting at a park with my family, drinking a Coke or a soda of some kind. And my mom's next thing I know, I'm at the doctor's office getting blood work done. Hmm. And they sit me down, like literally in the office, like she's behind a desk, the doctor, and tells us this news. Like it's, <laughs> you know, like you have diabetes, like it's this big announcement, you know, it's very serious. And immediately I had to go home, pack my bags and go to the hospital. Wow. Like it was that fast. And just because of my dad, I knew that meant shots. And so I was devastated because I wanted nothing to do with needles, like every nine-year-old. Yeah. And um, then I was in the hospital for easily a week, Um, you know, being poked and prodded and getting my blood drawn every, gosh, I felt like it was every hour. You were in the hospital for a week when you were nine before iPads existed or the internet. Yes. Yes. What'd you do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stare at a wall. What's that? What'd you do? Just stare at the wall? Yeah. No, I just remember being constantly like poked, like Mm -hmm. people were always coming in and, you know, drawing blood, giving insulin. You know, uh, I remember seeing my dad on the floor fainting. (laughs) Wait, in the hospital room? Yeah, he would faint when they'd come draw my blood. (laughs) Your father, a lifelong type one, couldn't watch you get blood draws? Yes. He's still with us? He is not. Oh, because if he was going to listen to this, I was going to make fun of him so he could hear it. (laughs) I'm sorry. You can make fun of me, too. I have to lay down when I get my blood taken. I'm a fainter. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, no, I always have to lay down. My feet have to be up, and otherwise I'm down on the ground. Is it when you see the blood? No, because I don't watch. I never watch. It's just literally, I don't know. They'd say it's psychological. I feel like it's more like the blood leaving my body, but I, I definitely know. feel that's wrong. Um, do you get faint when anything else pokes you? Uh, no. Okay. It's just about losing blood. Gotcha. So it's to do yeah. with the blood. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So your dad's passing out in the hospital. Yes, passing out. I'm gonna ask- and then I go ahead. I'm I sorry. also remember they couldn't find veins on me, so they were like putting IVs like up. Like in my upper forearm. Yeah. Like awful places. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't seem fun at all. Um, no. I'm going to ask a tough question. If you don't have an answer, it's fine. If you don't want to answer, it's fine. Okay. Do you find yourself feeling resentful towards your father? No. No. And you never feel like that's the guy that gave me diabetes? No, never. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. I just wanted to ask. Yeah. No, no. It's okay. <laughs> it's cool because I always wonder that when when we're having these I think, conversations, I've never asked anybody before. Yeah, I think he felt that way, but I literally remembering one day actually saying it to him, like, just so you know, I don't blame you. Wow. Yeah, you, I don't know what made me say that, but I do remember vividly saying that to him. You could feel but, his his guilt. Yeah, I think so. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, I think parents feel like that about almost everything. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Any little thing you can see in your kids that they don't seem to be happy about or you wish they didn't have. And you're like, oh, I did that, which is right. a fallacy, yep. right? But it's uh, hard not to feel that way. That's okay. true. Okay. So you're now taking the shots. You Wait. And so giving yourself shots, no problem. Well, okay. So I was nine. So my mom, another thing I remember, <laughs> she had to be taught how to give me shots. 
And the very first time ever we're in the hospital and she sticks the needle in my like inner thigh (laughs) and, and then says, now what? (laughs) And then pulls it back out. We'll try again in a second. I should have thought this through before we went. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) So anyway, so my mom gave me shots till I was 12. And then I started doing it myself at 12. She got better at it, I imagine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which, and you had to practice on oranges, you know, the whole week you're there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we had to practice on bananas. But oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I felt bad for the banana every time we threw it away. <laughs> Stupid. Seriously, that's how broke I was growing up. Every time we threw the banana away, I was like, oh. <laughs> Me- <laughs> meanwhile, the, the hospital visit cost like, you know, 50 grand. And I didn't think anything of that. I was like, well, look, you're wasting a lot of bananas in this situation. Can't we just cut a part off of it and use that? It just seems unfair. Did the, did the banana consent to this? <laughs> um, well, your mom, had, I guess, had never given your father an injection. No, I guess not. I never asked. But I bet your dad gave your mom. Never mind. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, <laughs> so. But I'm um, Yeah. How many? How many? Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have a, um, yes, an older brother, five years older. Oh, okay. Any diabetes yeah. there? Nope. Interesting. Nowhere any, else. Any Just other um, autoimmune stuff anywhere? Um, I mean, I also have asthma. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you call it autoimmune, but, um, but no, I, I mean, my brother's totally healthy. Um, we had more, we had like type two on my dad's side, but no other type ones. You're, are you, um, do you think your brother feels guilty? No. <laughs> you don't think so? He's like, yeah, whatever. No, Sucker. no. In fact, he'll say to me, no, he's, oh my God. He he's, he'll say to me like, I'm totally healthy. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I'm like, good for you. <laughs> hey, you want to hear something from the uh, NIH? Asthma and autoimmune diseases both result from a dysregulated immune system and have been conventionally considered to have mutually exclusive pathogens. Autoimmunity is believed to be an exaggerated Th1 response, while asthma with a Th2 underpinning is congruent with the well-accepted Th1, Th2 paradigm. Well, there's a lot of words. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to tell you, but I didn't think you'd understand that. Yeah, yeah. I I appreciate (laughs) you trying to save me on that one. But I was was just going to say that I think they're kind of connected somehow. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. And there's a yeah. lot of things people come on here and talk about that are starting to repeat. And I realize it's sort of anecdotal still because yeah. I'm just talking to people, but I don't know how many people have to tell you they have type one and they're bipolar before you start thinking like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Or I have type yeah. one and I have really bad allergies or I have asthma. Or Crohn's disease or, or Graves yeah, or celiac, all that other stuff. et cetera, et cetera, before you yeah, start. Celiac. Going, yeah, yeah, I got this. I see what's happening here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So your brother treated you like any older brother would have treated you in any yep. situation. Do yep. you, did you ever have any anger at him that he wasn't sick or did it no, ever feel unfair? I don't remember that. No. Okay. So then what was management like day to day? Was it just, were you just shooting twice a day? Yeah, no. So it was like MPH in the morning and at night, I believe. And then regular before every meal. Okay. It was literally like, I mean, it was you know, you had to eat breakfast at seven, you had to have lunch at noon and you had to have dinner at six or whatever, mm-hmm. or your blood sugar would go bananas. Right. Which I hated because what if I wasn't hungry? Right. Yeah, yeah. So you shoot on a schedule <laughs> yeah, you no, and eat you have no choice. Schedule. Just everything. Shoot schedule, eat schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And, if you yeah, and my work- mom, I guess, and you know what? It's funny that I don't remember is that I assume she'd had to come to school and give me shots because the nurses, there were no nurses giving me shots. So I don't remember that. Uh, which I'm kind of surprised. 
maybe she shot it in the morning before you left. Maybe, but what about lunch? Yeah, I don't know why I don't remember. I'll have to ask her that because she only worked like a mile from school. Yeah, but you're thinking about how you probably manage now. Like, I think in the beginning, you just put in a bunch, ate breakfast, made sure to eat lunch at yeah. the time, then shot again before dinner, right? Yeah, because, I mean, you couldn't check your blood sugar. I had to go get my blood drawn to know my blood sugar. Mm. Yeah, no. And just check your ketones, right? I mean, that's really did, all you could do. Did you do that frequently? I feel like I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what the result of that kind of care pattern was? Like, did you take A1Cs? Do you know what they were? Oh, yeah. It was awful. It was awful. <laughs> it was like in the teens. Wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if everybody understands how numbers work, but teens start at 13. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no 12-teen or 11-teen or anything like that. It's all <laughs> the way up there. And, and did you know you didn't feel well or did you feel okay? You know, I don't remember thinking I didn't feel well, which is weird to me because now when I see, I have a friend whose daughter's eight and she'll tell me the crazy stories she's going through their blood sugars. And I'm like, God, she must feel awful Mm -hmm. because I remember, I know how I feel now if I'm high, Yeah, but I don't remember feeling, I feel like high was my norm then when I was younger. Well, that's why it felt okay. Cause your body does make little adjustments to vessels and things so that. You don't, yeah. you feel normal with that blood sugar, but still all the, all the bad long-term stuff is going. Did you have any short-term problems? No, knock on wood. Wow. And anything- I mean, I had one DKA when I was uh, probably somewhere in my teens again. Yeah, I was going to say like 17 about, about the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I was younger. Cause I remember just, I think my mom thought I had the flu cause I was like vomiting, mm-hmm. but I remember vividly having a lot of stomach pain and like laboring to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously eventually I went to the hospital and that's what it was. Did you never get that far when you were diagnosed? Cause your mom saw some. No, no. That makes sense. None of the weight loss, none of that stuff. Yeah. She, she saw it really early cause she was probably watching watching for it. She said it was the thirst and the urination, you know, having to go to the bathroom, really thirsty, having to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, yeah. So can we jump over for a second? Your, Your father probably managed similarly. Say again? Your father, he probably managed himself similar to you, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, for his entire life. He never switched? No. How old was he when he passed? 66. Interesting. Yeah. When, how old were you when you switched over to a faster acting insulin? Oh, faster? Gosh, that I couldn't tell you. I just remember when I switched to a pump. Probably. So I, I don't remember. So did you do two shots a day until the pump? I did. No, I was doing like five or six. Oh, so you started doing multiple daily injections in there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how old you were when that happened ish? Yeah, I was like 30. Wow. I'm going to do some more math. That's 21 years of doing it the other way. Yo, sorry. I was sorry. I was like 30 when I went to a pump. So sorry. Um, So I was probably 20. See, that's my guess is if you were nine and 81, then by 88 or so, I got to feel like you're. That's when those insulins started to come up. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm following a, a woman's blood sugar right now. Give me a second to look at it. Yeah, yeah. She's saying, okay, it's taco time, but I got to change my <laughs> site. I'm going to take a full four units. I have left, and then the other one I change is in five minutes. Uh, I'm going to tell her to be a little more aggressive because of the change, because of the site change. 
and being in exercise mode. Do not everybody send me an email and ask me to help you with your blood sugar just because I did this while I was recording. <laughs> this woman hit all of my good heartstrings. All right. And she's been very cool. She's also listens, by the way. Oh, good. Not like some of you who I help and you're like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm more sure than you are. <laughs> so, That's for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I might not be sure, but I saw your graph when you called and you don't know what you're doing. So why don't we give it a shot? What I'm saying. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah. so your father never switches. You probably no. around your late teens, early 20s, start doing MDI. Mm -hmm. You do MDI for 10 years. Uh, so age nine till I was 30. Yeah. Well, well I mean, you know, it's funny. Isn't that funny? I think multiple. Daily. Oh, you mean multiple yeah. daily inject? Got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For about no kidding. I mean, to me, they're always multiple, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess two is multiple. So, like, yeah. So you've done multiple daily injections the whole time. You started yes. with a faster acting mealtime insulin around right. around twenty years old. Did that for ten years. Did you ever have a CGM in those ten years? No. Do you now? Yes. Interesting. So you got a pump when you were thirty. Yeah. And that was a couple of years ago. Isn't it suck when you think of your life like this? Oh my God, I, I can't. I hate this. I hate talking like this. I'm going to be 50 next month. And I'm like, Ugh. oh, yeah. So you're, so we're, yeah. So we're close in age. Yeah. Yeah. But it sucks. Like, you know, it does suck talking about the 80s like it was 30 years ago. I know. And I have a teenager who's dressing like it's the 90s, the 90s. I'm like, okay, this is all coming back. And I said, did you buy a toe ring yet or an anklet? <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait till posters of Heather Locklear come back. <laughs> okay. That's going to be a problem. Then what? <laughs> That might uh that might not the the, the modern That's not gonna happen. might not like that yeah they like their naked ladies on the screen not hung up on a wall. Um, <laughs> I tried to explain to my son one time that I worked in a sheet metal shop when I was a kid, and yeah. there were posters of half naked or naked women everywhere <laughs> in that place. And he's like, and no one said anything. I said, Cole, it was so incredibly common. I yeah. I don't think anyone thought anything of it. And nope. to watch him not be able to wrap his head around that. And then I realized now at then being, you know, removed from it for quite some time, I was like, wow, that was so incredibly wrong. Like just <laughs> like so inappropriate and wrong and crazy. And my and like my like there was a woman that worked there in the office and she had to walk oh, around. No. You know what I mean? And nothing yeah. no one thought a thing of it. Well, it's just like my bro my brother having posters in his bedroom, right? Of what, uh, what would it be, Christy Brinkley or yeah, Paulina Porskova, and not he has a sister. He, just, he wasn't, he didn't care, he didn't care. or a mother. And, and people who have <laughs> never seen these posters, these girls were wearing nothing. They barely, were, yeah, yeah they like the swimsuit, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover. Yeah, which shoots. I don't think they do anymore either. By the way, no, they don't. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's a right or like, well, maybe I am saying maybe we were wrong back then. I, but I think it's easier to say that it's interesting to watch people progress, right? For and, sure. And to notice things that were like, you know what, that wasn't a good idea. We'll stop doing that. Or technology changes. So you move along. Like, I mean, honestly, magazines with scantily clad women, there used to be an unlimited supply of them. There must have been 40 of them on a newsstand. Oh, yeah. And people listening don't even know what a newsstand is. <laughs> and, you know, and, um, and my point, I guess was a weird segue, but you, yeah, you went through the cloudy and the, all that stuff into mm -hmm. the, you know, into the, the faster acting meal insulin, then to a pump, then eventually to a CGM, but your father never came along with it. It missed it. No. Well, you know what? He also, 
whenever I think of my dad, I think of, he was literally, if you looked up diabetes and everything that could go wrong, it was my dad. Okay. Like he, you know, his vision, he lost a leg, he lost toes. He, you know, I mean, everything, yeah. you know, eventually kidney failure, heart failure, you know, all that stuff. Well, because he didn't take care of himself. So that was he not doing what the minimum of what they were asking him to do? Or? I literally just think he took his sh- the, sh- the same amount of insulin every t- every time and just ate and drank and you know he liked his beer. So um, he was just going to ride this out. Like I got diabetes. Let's see how far I can, how long I can stay on this bowl. Is that? Yeah, it was. I I don't know. I just think stubborn. You know, some some men are stubborn. I don't. <laughs> hey, some women are stubborn. <laughs> There's one of them below me on another floor of this structure. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people can be stubborn. But but, but, but I remember when I, by the time I started mentioning like a pump, like when I had mine, he was already like his fingers, he wouldn't even be able to like, I don't think he could do it. Like he, you know, he had lots of trigger finger, which I've had too. But so he has a lot of, you know, his fingers were like cramping and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt like it was too late. When did Just you, to say, how old were you when you realized he could be doing a different thing? Mm, I guess when he started having stuff go wrong. So like he lost his leg at 50, the year 2000. So wow, 57, I think he was. Did that frighten you personally? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's the one that made me go, you know what? This is not, you know this is serious business. I've got to, you know, really take care of myself. Good for you. I'm just working now on getting a behavioral scientist to come on and talk about something called sunk cost fallacy. Do you know what that is? No. It describes, I'm going to read right off the internet for you. Sunk cost fallacy (laughs) describes our tendency to follow through on an endeavor. If we have already invested time, effort, or money into it, whether or not the current costs outweigh the benefits. Mm. It's an economic idea that also comes into psychology a little bit. And yeah. I think it's I think it relates significantly to people who were diagnosed in the 80s or before with yeah. with type 1 and I'm concerned and why I'm going to talk about it now on the podcast mm-hmm. that one day as hard as it might be to believe at this moment there may be a better way than what we're doing now. And that people might feel so invested in what they've already done that they feel mm-hmm. like there's just no reason to try. And so I'm going to have someone come on and talk about it because I think it's a, I think it's a paralysis that you kind of get. Right. You know, um, well, crazy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you, you know, for that. I can tell you that I think what happened to him is fairly common for people diagnosed when he was. Oh, uh, yeah. Lifespan, et cetera. Um, yeah. It's like 1950. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a heart attack in the end? You know what? He just, um, it was systemic, like just systemic infection everywhere. Like everything just shut down. Yeah. So he has an amputation and then you think, tell me again what this insulin pump is. Is that, was that about it? Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think if I had it at that time, maybe I hadn't had it yet. But something about his health pushed you. Yeah, that was, yeah, because I mean, Long story short, I mean, this leg amputation started with an um, a blister on his heel. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time 
he called me. We were, you know, my, my parents, sorry, my parents were divorced when I was an uh, infant. Okay. So, so we weren't close. We were close. We weren't super close. But anyway, he's the kind of guy that like, I got a phone call and he says, I know he had a sore on his foot, but he's like, by the way, I'm having surgery tomorrow. They're taking my leg. <laughs> and, he says, and then he says, and they're giving me 50% chance of making it through surgery. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, what? How far from you did he live? Uh, well, he's in Palm Springs and I'm in Orange County. So hour and a half. I love men born in that time of the, in the, in the world, in the, in that. <laughs> What's going and on? Even, and you know what the funny thing is? I don't even think he called me. I think I called to check in on him and he happened to tell me. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Hey dad, yes, what's going so- on? Oh, we're going to get on a plane and go kill some Nazis. What? Yeah, I'll be back or I won't. Don't worry about it. You know, just a real, like, I don't even understand. Matter of fact. Oh my gosh. No big deal. We're in a world war. You stay with yeah. your mom. I'll see you later. Yeah. And so I'm at work. And so I'm rushing to my boss's office crying and say, I got to go. They're <laughs> cutting my dad's leg off. He didn't even want to tell me. And he might not make it. Yeah. Was, you know, was, giving him a 50, I mean, it was the craziest phone call ever. And so, you know, I drive to Palm Springs, but the crazy, what I was getting to is, you know, I'm in there visiting my dad, the, the, um, wound care guy comes in and he says to me, you might want to leave when I change this bandage. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, the smell is pretty bad. Mm. He's like, or at least put a mask on. So I put a mask on and he literally took this bandage off and the half of my dad's foot was gone. Wow. Just from bacteria. Yeah. And high blood sugars. That's crazy. And it was crazy. And it was it was clear to you in that moment. I mean, I'm sure it was, but why why he was having this problem. Oh yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is why you can't just take whatever shot you want and eat whatever you want and just call it a day. Did you did you uh chastise him a little bit or were you able to hold it in? No, I mean I I I just, you know, knew he was who he was and Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that was that. So. Interesting time. Anyway, he obviously, he didn't pass that. He made through surgery. Everything was great. But right. um, I do have a funny story because I do think you like funny stories. I, I have to tell you something, Heidi. As weird yeah. as it might sound so that you can see into my brain a little bit, the preposterous yeah. nature of your father not calling you before that <laughs> surgery is funny to me. Uh, the rest <laughs> okay, of the good. details are hard. Then you'll like this. Yeah, yeah. you like this part. Go ahead. So he's in pre-op. He's about to go into surgery. You know, me and his, uh, his my stepmom's there, my brother. And we're saying, okay, you're going to be great. You know, you're going to do fine. And he's saying, well, you know, just in case I don't make it, goodbye. And I go, dad, just, you know, come on, have a good attitude, blah, blah, blah. The next thing, I swear to God, we hear a saw going. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? I go around out of the curtain and there's somebody literally sawing something in the hallway of the hospital. (laughs) And I look at him and I go, my dad is about to get his leg amputated. Do you mind doing that later? (laughs) Can you wait till I go out to like the waiting area before you start running a circular saw, please? I mean, it literally, I was like, we're just, I mean. (laughs) Also for people, a nice look back into the past. um, (gasps) They're doing construction in an operating wing <laughs> yes. of a hospital, like yes. where, where it's people are still going and moving around, and no one, no one would think twice about that. You yeah, he just saw to... something under the sink in the hallway, like a pipe or something, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, there's a time, probably not 20 years before that, where the doctor would have stood there smoking a cigarette, changing your father. Oh, for standard. sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. We really have it together, don't we? As oh people. my god, we're not even that long ago. My senior trip um, to Cancun, we could smoke on the plane. <laughs> Your high school, your high school senior trip. Yes. Yes. I mean, I didn't smoke, but there were people smoking. Heidi, of course you didn't. 
you would never. Uh, but other people, isn't that something? We went on yeah. a school trip one time. I'm going to say, no lie, we were in ninth grade. I don't know how old that makes you, but maybe 14. We're the same, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 14, we, yeah. we go into Manhattan. Now, not the Manhattan of today, post-COVID, and not the Manhattan of pre-COVID, where you know, the Lion King runs around and there's that half naked guy in a cowboy hat playing a guitar and it's all fun and you can go to fun ruckers. Like, not like that. Manhattan, right. like where you were there and you're like, someone's going to sell me drugs or try to kill me. Like that right. that level of Manhattan, right? And we're going right. to go to, um, you know, y- y- you think, oh, it's a school trip. They'll take you. They'll have a, you know, a itinerary set up. You'll do a thing. We pull up three buses full of kids. Boom, boom, boom. Everybody gets out. We're standing on the sidewalk and the teacher goes, Break up into groups. Be back here at 5 p.m. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no. <laughs> Kids Do you came. remember being scared? Were you scared? No, we were like, amazing. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just like you looked around for your four best friends. and You're like, this is great. We're just, they wow. just let us free in New York City. And we had money in our pockets. And we were like, some kids came back high as a kite. One one kid came back, had so many fireworks. I think he was trying to start a fireworks like emporium when he got home. <laughs> Kids were drunk. People like it was insane, and that, that so was funny. completely common and and realistic for the time period. Yes, I just told Arden the other day that um, when I was in elementary school, my entire school about seven hundred kids went to see I think The Empire Strikes Back in a movie theater. Oh, my gosh. There was a movie theater, a five, let's call it a five-minute drive from the school. Okay. We all just went out in the front parking lot of the school, got into a tandem line, and walked there. <laughs> like, down, you know, around corners, across streets, like like baby baby ducks just, you know, that went on forever. And I said that to her, and she goes, my school would never do that. They'd never let us do that. And I was like, I know. And her friend goes, and we don't have any fun at all. And I was like, yeah, I know. So um, different world, obviously different time for your father. He probably, I'm going to guess, did what he was told. What he was told wasn't that helpful. At some point you get like, I guess this is what it is. I'm just going to, like I said, get on this bull and see how long I can stay on. But then things change over, but not in a way where anybody ever reached back to people they never like that's the to me that's the message of this this hour is that management comes in waves and you can very easily get stuck in the wave that you were brought up in and that that might not be a great idea yeah so all right so how did you find having a pump this is going to be short and sweet touchedbytype1.org. Go type it into a browser and then look around. Check out their programs, like their annual conference, awareness campaign, Bold for a Cause, dance program, Dancing for Diabetes, their D-Box program, Type 1 at School. There's a little link there for their upcoming events, and you can find out how to support them through donations, shopping, or becoming a volunteer. touchedbytype1.org. That was it. We're done. Well, I loved it. I think the thing I loved the most about it was, so I went through, you know, stages of weight gain with shots, Mm -hmm. like, and I 
finally figured out, okay, like, well, I'm eating. I'm not even hungry. Right. Because I had to eat. And so when I got on the pump, I was like, wow. So I don't feel like I want a huge lunch at noon. I don't have to have it. Yeah. And if I want to just snack all day, I can. And that's, that was the part I liked the most about it. Just being able to eat like something like walk through the kitchen. You wanted to eat and you didn't have to eat or you could skip or whatever. You know, I like, I'm a snacker. I like to snack. I don't like huge meals and I never really have. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was the best part of it for me. And of course my blood sugars were awesome once I was on it. Right. No one, no one puts a a slice of pepperoni on a Ritz cracker if they've got to pull a needle out for it. (laughs) Right. You're just like, uh. I'll skip it. I'll wait. I'll have a bigger meal. Totally. And yeah. Well, so that and and that's those are early pumps too. So they were just kind of more efficient delivery systems that you didn't have to poke yourself for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You didn't use yeah. any kind of like you weren't thinking about like extending boluses or that didn't even exist. I don't. I feel like I did, but I don't know how long into it I did. It was like a mini med. Mm-hmm. I think I had a mini med first, and then I had like a paradigm, and then I had a I had a few of them. Can you imagine people listening right now who are like, there's T-Slim and Omnipod and Medtronic. What are you talking about? Mini yeah. Med, Paradigm, you know, what that? I think Medtronic thing? was Mini Med, I believe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting how the wording, the word. I know. Mentioned. I know. Um, at what point in this does a CGM pop up? You know what? That, w- that was only probably, let me think. Um, in the last... Seven years. Really? Okay. So Yeah, I don't know how long it's been around. How long have we had um Dexcom? Okay, so if you're on a Dexcom And I started with a four, I think. Maybe a five. Okay. No. Arden Arden started with like the is it they original? Yeah, they whatever the original was. They had their numbering system was messed up for a while. Like there was okay. like a four and like a something plus, I forget. Now they're in a in a numerical Dexcom four or five, six, at sevens kind of be out. Yeah, seven's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, by the time this comes out, I'd bet seven exists. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, Also, don't say that out loud to anybody because I believe I've signed an NDA, but as long as you don't tell anybody, (laughs) we'll be okay. Um, So, anyway, yeah. So I think I started with a four, but nothing earlier than that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had it probably seven, eight years then. That's probably in that space. It's funny because now people who have them probably don't imagine they ever didn't exist, but they're still fairly new. Um, I call under 10 years new, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. What did you notice first when you had a CGM on? I, I guess just not pricking my finger 10 times a day. So that was the big, that was the big thing for you. It's just not having to test your blood sugar. Yeah. Right. Did it have yeah. any impact? I mean, it wasn't. Good. Yeah. I mean, I guess obviously it was watching the trends too, but I really wasn't doing that. I was more. More just having the not having to test as much. Yeah. Do you use yeah. it for more than that now? Well, well, and then, you know, and then I went through a phase of being overly obsessed with it. Uh-huh. Or overcorrecting and stuff. Cause like, oh no, I'm going up. Like, oh no, I'm go-, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you overcorrect. And so now I'm just kind of just let it be. And I'm also looping too. Okay. Oh, you are now. That's cool. Yeah. I've been doing that for like two years. Oh, wow. Um, I think Arden's probably coming up on a couple of years now with that. Yeah. Whenever it, well, not when it first started, but yeah, it's like, it's been two years. Gotcha. Um, what you mentioned, the, the kind of like obsessing over the CGM, Yeah, that yeah. was such a big, um, concern slash issue when they first came out because, because just nothing like that had ever existed. 
That's hard right. to imagine, right? Like, and then suddenly, this whole you know f- group family of people who had lived some of them exactly the way you're describing, or you know the way my daughter came up with you know just multiple daily injections and a meter, and I didn't know what was going on, and like that mm-hmm. whole thing. Some people saw that and they couldn't stop looking at it. Like, yeah, it, it really gripped them. But I think it's better now. Like I think now that it's become more common, it's you know, kind of mixed in the zeitgeist a little bit. People understand it better. Hopefully yeah. they're, they're not as gripped by it. And I had to just adjust my alarms and stuff too. Like I, I mean, I know a lot of people say they have an alarm go off, like, I don't know, like a hundred and something. I'm like, oh my God, no, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear a thing out of my pump unless I'm like 250. So you're old school. <laughs> you're older with diabetes. Well, yeah. And you know, what's funny. The only thing that scares me for people, and I don't want to say scares, but it, I do think about it. Is if what if you didn't have any of this stuff and you do have to go back to like shots or and I don't know why you would, but I always feel like everybody should really have a grip on shots and pricking your finger. I'm gonna call this episode Grandma Heidi. What do you think of that? Stop it! <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> but no, don't you understand what I mean though? I, like just have a grip on it. Like, so, what if you lose your insurance? Right. God so, forbid. So here's what I think. I okay. I understand. So this is really common. I'm and I'm not making fun of you about it. I, I know, th- I know. I think that people who grew up the way you did with diabetes, that is every time this comes up, that's their their concern. But okay. and I and back when I first heard the concern, I thought, okay, that makes sense. Get good at it with like the basic tools and then blah, blah, blah. But it's hard to get good at it with the basic tools. So mm-hmm. why not get really good at it with the great tools? And if something should befall me and I lose my insurance. I have all that knowledge about how to do things, and then I can apply the more basic tools to my advanced knowledge. I think you have it exactly backwards. Okay. Okay. I think that hopefully that will never happen, but if it does, you'll have so much information in your head from using a CGM and a pump that you'd then be able to do it. Like I see it as like, you know, the zombies come, you flee your home, you grab the basics, and but you still remember how it used to be, so you you can shoot for that with your basic tools. Right. And I don't disagree. I don't even, I don't judge anybody who has that thought because that thought occurred to me as well back then. It's only through the process of making the podcast that I think it's backwards. I think it's just a scared idea from people who came up a different way. That makes sense. That makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah, You don't have to agree with me. You could just say, I completely disagree. (laughs) Actually, it would make it more fun. We could argue. I'm going to make my own podcast and call you a different name. Go ahead. (laughs) Kidding. I'll tell you what. If you can figure out how to get a podcast on there, I'll be your first guest. What do you think of that? (laughs) It's a lot. I heard you try to get on this Zoom this morning. You're never going to do it. (laughs) Stop it. No. It was literally, I don't know what it was. It was my my AirPods. I don't know what's happening. Bad signal AirPods. Something like that. Not your fault completely. Never. Um, No, but I'm being serious about that. Like, I think, I think it's. I think there's a lot of value in having a deeper understanding. Yeah. And I also think that you want to talk deeply for a second about things. Yeah. I think that as humans, we've, we create fixes to problems mm-hmm. that then need fixes. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, from the first time man, you know, set a fire, then they burned mm-hmm. something down. They had to learn to put it out. You know, right. we keep moving forward. There yeah. has been no time in our history 
where we have gone backwards with technology. As a matter of fact, I think that technology always requires more technology. At some yeah. point, at some point, humanity's job will just be to keep humanity moving. Like, like, right. like everyone's. And it's a, it's a weirder thought, but, but the, what you're describing would either have to be a decimation of finances, which I think is right. possible for people, obviously. Yeah. Or you know, world war where they just aren't things aren't being made anymore, and then I don't want to break it to you too harshly, Heidi, but you know, you and my daughter, you're, you know, you're in trouble. So, uh, you know, like that's, that, that's going to be, I wouldn't plan for that kind of devastation, I guess. Okay. Should we learn how to get insulin from cows? I think it's (laughs) pigs, isn't it? Bovine. Isn't bovine cows? Isn't a bovine a pig? Oh God. All righty. This is going to be really embarrassing. There goes my zoom. There goes. Oh, great. Now you found the name of the podcast. Maybe they're both. Oh, bovine, a biological subfamily, includes a diverse group of 10 uh, medium to large size undulates, including domestic cattle, bison, African buffalo, the water Thank buffalo, four horn, and spiral. You're right. So then what the hell? How? All right. Hold up a second. Look at you. <laughs> I know what I was injecting in myself. So excited. Yeah, right, hold on a second. Uh, pig. <laughs> Is pig not a bovine? Yeah. It is. There may be bovine is a term relating to cattle. There may be exceptions to this term usage outside of cattle, horses, asses, swine, and rabbits. (laughs) Ovine is a term related to sheep. Pork porcine is a term related to swine. Okay, so a hog is porcine. Bovine is cattle. You were right. And I got to say asses without blurring it out because it means donkey. So ha ha. That's true. Yeah. There you go. Um, well, I I, fe- I seriously feel like I remember a picture of a cow on my insulin box. Really? I swear. Hold on a second. We're looking for that. Look up NPH or regular 1980 something. Look at you telling me how to Google. Hold on a second. <laughs> Defi- you're definitely somebody's mother. How many children do you, you have? You can't be good at everything. Yeah. How, how many children do you have? Two. How old are they? 14 and 10. Hmm. Insulin and pH. I wrote cow on it. I swear. Swear there was a cow. I don't know. All right. That's up to you to find. Or I'll find it and make it the cover of your episode. All right. Thanks. <laughs> um, that's crazy. Uh, any concern about your children? You think about it? I mean, sometimes, but not really. I mean, like where I live, and I don't know if it's everywhere, but most of the People here have their kids on all those trials to see if they carry the trial net. gene. Yeah, they do it all the time. And I'm like, I just don't want to obsess over it. I'm I've, just like, you know, but they're like, but if they do have it, then you can kind of prevent it or put it off. And I'm like, I, I just, no. So, so let me ask you a question. First yeah. of all, I, people come from two different categories on that. I, I understand both sides. I don't want to think yeah. about it and I know how to take care of diabetes if it should happen. And I want to know because I want to try to do something. So they have this drug now people are using called Tamizaplob or something like okay. that. And yeah. it's like a, please, all these details. I have a great episode on it. Go listen to that if you want to. But, right. but, okay. um, but they, it's like this infusion that you do like a certain amount of days in a row and then it's over and it like really slows down the progression of type one. Um, hmm. in their, in their studies. And I think that's why they're doing it, but I don't think yeah. it's, they're getting through the FDA. It's moving along. Um, so, so forget like 
my, how things really work. If I told you, if you did trial net, you'd be able to find out if your kid was getting diabetes and then they could stop it, that you would do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. Um, that's that one company's um, goal is to, I guess, put beta cells back in. And it's just a really interesting conversation. Beta cells back in and protect your um, your immune system from going back against you again. Mm. Um, they're also talking about long-term inoculating people for many of the viruses that end up kicking type 1 in. Hmm. So the idea is maybe you'll have the genetic predisposition to it. But right. if you never get Coxsackie virus or you never get this virus or that virus, then you might have a chance of never getting type one. It's interesting. Like it, it it's prevent like preventative type one by preventing other things that aren't type one, which right. I, thought, I thought was kind of interesting. Anyway, it's a really cool episode. It is. Um, it is. Cool. But yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, you know, I keep my eye on them, but I, you know, yeah. I watch for having to use the bathroom too much or. Be honest with me. Stuff. Be honest with me. They crested the age that you and your father were diagnosed at. So you feel better about it. Well, my son's not. Well, he's 10. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do. I probably do. Yeah. I definitely remember them being that age and thinking, well, this was when, you know, diabetes I probably even said it to them. <laughs> You're about to get diabetes for your birthday. Congratulations. I mean, just, you know, your mom was going through at this time yeah. and you're complaining about whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Parenting Magazine says not to guilt your children like that about the past. <laughs> Right. But I have I never uh, subscribed. There was there was a couple of times where my wife was like, you know, the fact that your dad would hit you for saying that and you haven't hit our children for it, it's not something you're supposed to tell them. I'm like, okay. But I just wanted to know that if they would have said that to my dad, they'd be they'd be across the room behind the sofa wondering what happened to them. Right. <laughs> so and again I realize that's wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, yeah, no, no, of I, course. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't do that anymore. But I had to I did do it a couple of times. I was like, you have no <laughs> idea, because it's hard not to feel like you have no idea what would have happened to me if I would have said that to somebody. No, I, I I I've I've definitely said that myself to my to yeah. my son for sure. Again, I don't think you're supposed to, but whatever. No, who knows? Whatever. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your care like today? What are your outcomes like today? Well, okay, so. Since I started the pump, I've never, okay. So since I started the pump, I have never been lower than the sixes for my A1Cs. Okay. So 20 years, but since I started the Riley, I'm in the fives. Okay. So you're looping and you're in the fives now. Yeah. How often do you think you're low that needs intervention under 50, 50 and under like that kind of low? Oh, um, that needs intervention. You mean like besides me just eating a sugar pill or what do you mean? No, that's what I mean. Like you having a little oh. something like where the loop doesn't catch the. Drug. Oh, last night was a cluster. <laughs> I had a real bad night last night. Um, because if I don't have my glucose tabs, cause I have glucose tabs, like dialed in, mm -hmm. like I know exactly how many I need depending on the number. And if I have any insulin on board or whatever, but last night I went for the orange juice, which was a mistake. Cause I never really know how much I need. And I just kind of, you know, in the middle of the night, so I drink it down and then loop sees my sugar spiking and then gives me insulin. And then I ended up crashing and then I did take, have some more. And then I crashed. It literally happened. I feel like all night last night. Heidi, can so we spend these last couple friend. minutes picking through not insulin, orange juice? Can we pick through this for the last couple minutes? Do you mind? 
Yeah, no, you, please. You wouldn't be insulted by a person who doesn't have diabetes talking to you about it. No, your... go ahead. Sorry. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, okay. So how often do you get over 200? Daily? No. Weekly? Maybe. Do you pre-bolus? No. You know what the problem is? No. You don't pre-bolus. You have to pre-bolus. If I, but if I pre-bolus and I'm already 75, I'm going to crash. Mm, it's because your settings are wrong. Um, You're probably too strong. What am I guessing here? Your basal maybe is too strong, trying to make up for the fact that you don't pre-bolus and that you're higher during the day than you want to be because you're not pre-bolusing. So if you had your, so if your basal was right and your insulin sensitivity was right, you would mm-hmm. not get low over and over again at night. Unless you were busy at unbalancing your meal insulin by not pre-bolusing. Do you listen to this podcast at all? Yeah, no, I do. I Not religiously, I'll be honest. I listen to... That's fine. I don't listen to everyone, well, but I yes. Mean, I do. No, that's fine. You and Jenny, I listen to. I see. Okay. So, um, oh, it's interesting. Okay. But Hold so, no, can, no. I, can I tell you something, though? I, tell me your thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, go, please. Oh, okay. Um... Every night, like I have a bedtime snack. I just do. Mm-hmm. And so, and if I decide to try something different, which I did last night, it can go to hell. <laughs> so, like I, ha- I had a you can bar. You ever heard of a you can bar? No. It's supposed to be a long. Um, it's a carb stabilizing starch. Like, it's literally meant for like long term uh, blood stabilization. Okay. And I remember last time I had one that it didn't work the way it's supposed to, right? It's supposed to be long um, absorption, right? So, yeah. okay, well, I'll eat this. It was 20 grams. My pump went to give me 1.4. And I said, nope, I know that's too much. So I gave myself one unit. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a long acting. I just put four hours. Because it literally, it was kind of like a, because I hadn't had it in, gosh, a couple of years. So okay. I'm like, I'm just going to give it a, you know, see what happens. So what happened was just like I assumed it would, I crashed and right away, like it, well, actually, sorry, it absorbed right away. And so I got high and then I went really low because it corrected while I was sleeping. And then that's when I had the orange juice. I had too much orange juice and then it went high. And this is the thing with that link, the uh, Riley, I don't really understand or Mm -hmm. is when I tell it, I've had the orange juice then it doesn't work out. But if I ignore that, I corrected my low. Yes. So I will tell you that if Arden is, you know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. If, if Arden's getting low or low and I use some fast acting sugar to fix it, I do not, I do not put those carbs in the loop. Okay. So if she's 60 diagonal down and I'm like, here, drink a juice and the juice is 12 or 15 carbs. I don't tell it. I tell it nothing. Okay, good. And then if she reaches the the threshold, which I think on her pump is like 95. So if she gets to like yeah. 95 diagonal, it'll make like small boluses or, you know, it'll jack up your basal depending on what version you're using. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I would never like at 65 diagonal down, say bolus 12 units for this juice. Not right. there because because we've made a mistake in the past and she has too much insulin. Yeah. So we need to balance that back out again. But but yeah. what I'm saying is this is like so on a good yes. night, where does your night, where, where does your blood sugar sit stable? Oh, uh, eighty. Like cool. And yeah. Um, am I allowed to ask you how much you weigh? 
Yeah, 120. Okay, what's your basal rate an hour? My what an hour? Your basal rate? Oh, you want to know all of them? I mean, they're all different. See, how, I have why, a lot of them. Why do you have so many? I don't like that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what are they? What are um, they? What are they between? Well, can I can I tell you? And I I pretty much is a creature of habit, which you kind of have to be, right? Mm-hmm. But um, see, so I'm going to open this up. Um, <laughs> so okay, so I wake up at 7 a.m. I have a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and then I work out. I literally fast. And I don't probably eat till 10 or 11. Okay. So, and that's the norm for me. So, um, so I work out fasted, I'm fine. And then I eat and that's just the way it is. So anyway, so I do feel like sometimes if that doesn't happen, obviously it affects my day, but so my rate starting at, where do you want me to start? Oh, start at midnight. Okay. So at midnight point two, okay. and then I start to get that dawn phenomenon at three and I go to point four. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I'm awake, I go up to 0.45. And then by the time I'm ready for food and I've exercised, it goes to 0.55 at 10. And then I'm 0.55 till 5 o'clock. Okay. And then at 5 o'clock, I'm 0.6. And then at 9, I'm 0.45. And then I go back to 0.2 at 9.30 when I go to sleep. So I'm very low at night. Were you getting, you get low overnight when you go to sleep? Well, um, no, I don't anymore, but I was, I've had two in the past. Um, so I've never had a horrible low where I needed intervention from someone else, mm-hmm. but it's happened twice in the last four years. Okay. So you've got so this basal rate at night to kind of get in front of that. Yeah. So my doctor and I just kind of, and he's very, um, he always says like, you know, more than I do. <laughs> right. You know, and so we'll talk about it. And he's like, yeah, just adjust this and that. And, you know, or whenever you, you know, I, I basically adjust it on my own. Right. But, um, yeah, so at night I'm, I'm very low. Gotcha. Um, so I wouldn't listen. If whatever works, works for everybody <laughs> listening. But there you have to, in my opinion, you have to be careful that you're not setting basal rates that are meant to stop problems that could be stopped in other ways. Okay. If that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, like, ardent- like I'm not taking enough for a meal or I'm taking too much for a meal. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. or you're, I mean, in your case with loop, if your insulin sensitivity is too strong in the afternoon or in the evening and you're having to dial everything back because you've got too much insulin coming into when you digest your dinner and lay down to go to bed, then, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, if it's yeah. too strong in one place, it, the the way I think of it is that everything you do for with insulin right now is for later, but kind of more importantly, think about it like this. Everything you did before with insulin is for now. Right. So if you're getting low at midnight, I don't, th- I mean, the common, the common idea would be if you're getting low at midnight to make your basal lower, maybe at, a, at 11 PM, right. To try to stop that. But, be- right. but before you did that, I would look at what happens at dinner and the hours before that. Like, is there something we could be doing in there better, like more balanced carbs against insulin that would stop a low at midnight? Like, that's just right. not, not to say that it wouldn't end up being an 11 p.m. basal decrease in that situation. But yeah. I'd, I'd want to really, like, rip apart the rest of it before I did that. Like, Arden's, a, uh, Arden's basal rate is just basically one basal rate 24 hours a day and then you know it's 
a little lower overnight. And by that, I mean like 1.2 to 1 or 1.1 to 0.9, depending on if she's got her period or she doesn't like that kind of stuff. Um, But whatever works, works. But I don't, I would hate to see you having all these like basal fixes all over the place to catch problems that maybe you wouldn't have to have to begin with. And also if your basal was, if your basal and your insulin sensitivity was stable, like that you could, cause you can fast in the morning. You're saying, where does your blood sugar yeah. sit in the morning when you're fasting? Well, right now I'm fasted and I'm at 85. Yeah. It's amazing. Right? Like if you could achieve that throughout the day, then you wouldn't have to be so segmented with what, like you said, you said something interesting earlier yeah. that you said it like it was, like it was gospel. Um, you have to be regimented. <laughs> Right? Yeah. But my daughter's day is never the same twice. Yeah. What's her age too? I think I'm just, you know, what? when I was her age, I was a mess. <laughs> you were, a, yeah, but I'm saying her blood sugar is super stable all the time. If she gets up yeah. in the morning and doesn't eat, it's fine. If she gets up in the morning and eats, it's fine. Yesterday, right. yesterday she had Moe's for lunch, you know, which was terrible. I don't know Moe's. Oh my God. It's like text. I don't even know what it is. Like it was like some bowl with like, beef and tortilla and like corn like it's a lot of food and um but she very easily could have said to me at lunchtime i'm gonna cut up a bunch of carrots like she's all over the place with how she eats yeah and and she's always super stable but i think it's because her settings are like rock solid that's good you know what i mean i think and i think see this is interesting because you've had diabetes for a while so there is a part of you who's like yeah that's you not me (laughs) you think that right um, no. no, I just think it's a different, I don't know. Like if I had a pump when I was younger, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't mean for you to like go back in time and, and, and re, uh. No, but I'm trying to think like when I was that age and I ate that way, I, I mean, like if I ate that way now, right. I ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, mm-hmm. I would definitely, that would have to be all dialed in, but because I'm very like regimented and scheduled and you know what I'm saying like yeah. I don't have to dial it in as much because I don't really go off my path very much oh no absolutely sense? yeah and if that yeah. And, and by the way if that works I think that's amazing you know I'm not yeah. I'm not saying otherwise I'm just saying for people who are listening I think yeah. there's you don't have to eat at a you know very specifically like that it's, no you don't for it's, sure it's one or the other but I again I firmly believe in whatever works is what works yeah hundred percent. And now your A1C is in the fives. That's amazing. Yeah. It was like five, five. And my doctor thought that was a little low, especially because I had a problem. Yeah. We don't listen to them. Yeah. I like got up one night and hit my head really hard on the dresser and like it could have been really bad. Because you were low? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hard. Oh yeah. I would know. It was really bad. I, um, (laughs) and it's funny because I God, God, God bless my husband, but he, he gets panicky, which I don't blame him, but I can see it even though I can't say anything, but inside my head, even though I'm really low, I think to myself, like, dude, just calm down. (laughs) It's fine. At least you're not thinking I could have chosen better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, can you at least make me feel a little better that I'll be okay? Because you look like you're crazy right now. He just doesn't want to raise those kids by himself. That's all. (laughs) But no, the next thing I know, I was sitting up on the edge of the bed. I guess I had already fallen. I didn't know I fell. Right. And um, he's trying to shove orange juice down my throat. I'm like, ugh. 
<laughs> you know, and then I see him struggling with the glucagon. And all I could say was vaccine. I'm like, vaccine. And I kept pointing to my bedroom, my, uh, my bedside table drawer. Right. And that's the only word that came out of my mouth. My mouth Cause I saw him like trying to do the glucagon. I was like, this is not going to happen. He was going so to inject you with glucagon. Yeah. Oh my Cause I was like, yeah, it was, it was bad. It definitely was from what I recall, even though I was like, couldn't speak or anything. I saw what was happening. Does that make sense? Heidi, either you're great at sex, make a lot of money, or he really <laughs> loves you. I don't know what, but he was in a panic. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe all three. Yo, hey, nothing to say. It couldn't be all three. Um, <laughs> but like, anyway, he thing. does. He gets the vaccine out and literally like within, you know, 10 seconds, it's in my nose. And, and he felt better. And yeah, but and then he goes, you fell. And I looked in the, and by the time I came back, oh, and then I was shivering and I was sweating. It was a whole thing. Wow. But by the time I could look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. oh, sorry. to mean to swear. That's right. um, but I had a huge, like, contusion on my head. Mm. Yeah, I, it was pretty. He's like, yeah, you fell right there and hit your head on the dresser. And I'm like, oh. Looking back, do you have any idea what caused the low? I don't remember now, but I remember then. <laughs> <laughs> I also now have some short-term memory loss. My memory, by the way, is horrible. Like, it used to be solid gold. Now it is horrible. There's um going to be a guy comes on next month and records with me. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of long term issues from diabetes. Probably grew uh-huh. up a lot like you did. And one yeah. of them he wants to talk about is like memory fog and memory loss. He has. Yeah, he it's pretty- I think that's the only thing I have. Knock on wood. Yeah, that's really something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Besides, when I, I had an issue when I was pregnant, but I know we probably are done. But I have a lot of other stuff. <laughs> I have a lot of other stuff. All right. Well, listen, we're already over on time a little bit because it took yeah. you 20 minutes to get on. But what? give me <laughs> – what's one more fun problem you had? <laughs> no. Seriously, what did you what, – what happened? I don't want to talk about negative stuff. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah maybe don't. we should ask you, does anything good happen to you? <laughs> Stop it. No, you live a nice life. You're you're happy, right? You have a good family. Like you're yeah. you're doing I'm it. I'm healthy. I, yeah. I can exercise. I mean, I have all my limbs. <laughs> what did you well listen that's a real perspective when you watched your father lose a leg right i know yeah. yeah um is there are you more of um i guess what am i trying to ask you like is attitude a big part of it for you you seem like you have a good attitude about it yeah i mean i don't i've never gone i mean i think maybe i've had a couple of breakdowns in 40 years where i'm like this just isn't fair and you know mm-hmm. But that's usually when I'm high, you know, like, it, and it feels awful and it won't come down and I'm hungry, you know, like one of those moments. Yeah. You're like, why me? I just wanted to eat and I feel, you know, but no, otherwise I'm like, it's really not that bad. <laughs> Diabetes. Not that bad. Really not that bad. It's a t-shirt. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I really keep most of it to myself. I mean, I, you know, it's like a hidden disease. What do they call that? Like no one sees it. So yeah. besides stuff on your body now, but. Well, your dad so wasn't not, your dad wasn't telling anybody about it really, right? No. Yeah. No, so it's kind of it's just something you deal with personally, and mm-hmm. and, and no you, one really knows, you know. And you said earlier we never got around to it, but there's a lot of people in your life like that whose kids have type one, and you talk with yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I feel like in the last few years, I I've gotten phone calls from friends that say you'll never believe it. My daughter was just diagnosed, or my son was just diagnosed, and I'm the first person they call. Hmm. What what what's the first thing you think to tell them? Oh, it's a great question. 
All but of my I, questions I, have been great, Heidi. This one, <laughs> there's no reason to just oh my God, single, I don't, single out this one. <laughs> I mean, I think they usually do all the talking, but. <laughs> oh, so you're sort of like, you listen and then you say things like, look for a pump, try to get a CGM. Don't yeah. worry. You get and they're it. usually already all on top of that, you know, yeah. like they're, yeah. Because the chalk hospital here is really good. Okay. Children's hospital. So, so you, um, you think they're looking for more like, community connection like people for who sure understand. yeah we have a big type one uh facebook group and just in my my city here really yeah how many people all the kids we have parties we hang out we you know it's fun you're not trying to rival my facebook group are you what's going on here <laughs> it's just for locals all right <laughs> but the weather's nice there right it's yeah it's southern california yeah you might want to have like a diabetes celebrity out one time to talk at one of the events That'd be great. <laughs> or me, if you can't find one of them. And uh, <laughs> Are you? Like, that's coming. Yay. I just want to go somewhere warm where it's not humid. That's pretty much all I can. Yeah, you should probably come here. It's it, pretty nice. It's, but it, I just got back from Hawaii, so I can't complain. Wow. It's June 21st here, and I walked outside, and I was like, oh, okay, the humidity's here already. Great. Terrible. Like Scott, you'll never believe it, but it's June 21st here, too. I know, but this is not for you. <laughs> it's for the people listening when they hear it, and it's like sorry November, and they're like, why is he talking about it humidity? Yeah, and I'm talking to Hawaii. She's like, why is she going to Hawaii at Christmas? Yeah, exactly. That's it. I look at you just waiting around like a lion trying to <laughs> pounce on me. You make a mistake. I'm going to call this Grandma Heidi if you don't watch it. it. <laughs> I don't even know what to call this episode. You'll find some tidbit that you like. Yeah. Bovine Bo- is not a pig. Bovine is not a pig. Yeah, that might be good. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Look at you. I do like it. Look at you producing. Good job. Um, well, I do really appreciate you doing yeah. this. I, I, I enjoyed your note when you said, uh, when you filled out the thing and it says, well, you know, tell me a little bit about why you want to come on the show. And you're just like, I don't know. I'm just, just like, I can almost hear you mumbling and you're writing like, I don't know. It'll be good. Like, you know, people, diabetes will help somebody. It's like, <laughs> great. Uh, you'll make it work. I actually think there's a sentence in there that is like, Scott, will make it work. Don't worry. It'll be fine. It's like, yeah, exactly. I was like, okay. And then I had to put you off once, which I want to apologize for. While no, it's recorded. fine. My, I'm sure there was someone bigger and better. And my son went on a trip that needed my attention and uh, I had to clear a week away and it was during your time. So I was actually out on that coast at the time. Oh, wow. Up in Washington. Okay. More like Seattle-ish. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. I know it sucks to have something move like that. And, no, it's fine. But it's you paid me back this morning with your technology. So I sure did. We're even now. <laughs> Now I have to go for a walk, see? <laughs> yeah. I, listen, that people don't understand because it wasn't recorded that your idea was to go for a walk and talk at the same time, which I've done with people before, but you just, I don't know, the cell service just wasn't it working. It must be. It, yeah, it must Or, or maybe your headphones. Walk. Maybe it was your headphones, actually. I I don't know. Uh, you won't. Listen, you can afford to go to Hawaii. Let's replace that stuff. Okay? I did. I'm just going to hop on my Peloton now. <laughs> Is this some like white lady like brag? What's going on here? <laughs> I'm just trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I love you guys. Every, I think everybody can walk. If you have legs, go for a walk, people. That is my advice today. Ten minutes at your heart rate up three times a week. Isn't that the vibe that they say? Just <laughs> ten, get, ten minutes? At, at the very minimum, get your heart rate up for ten minutes three times a week. And that's the very minimum. But And that's super easy to accomplish with walking. Yeah, or if you're married. Anyway. Just yell at each Oh, I think you were saying sex. I was thinking arguing. Sorry, I was being clean. 
Um, I guess you could do that without being married too, right? That's true. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just for the children out there. There are kids that to, listen. You should be to, married. I have to be reminded once in a while that children listen. Yeah. So. Well, especially when my, my mom friends, if I say I'm on here, guess who's going to listen? They're children. Oh, are they really? Oh, well, so, I don't know. So, so Anne Heidi jumped on here to tell us our legs are going to get. <laughs> Stop <laughs> uh, it. You're, you're like the ghost of Christmas future over here. Ooh. No, no, that won't work. Not happening to me. It's not going to, you know what the truth is, is as really genuinely sad as what has happened, you know, to your father. Um, Yeah. That outcome is going to be incredibly uncommon moving forward for people who have technology and the idea of how insulin really works. And it's just a, it's a bygone era. Not that I guess it couldn't happen. No, it is. But it's, uh, it doesn't need to happen anymore. And it's, it's certainly not going to happen as frequently as it used to. So. And in fact, that's, that's, Reminds me, that's probably exactly what I tell people that are first diagnosed. I said, oh, my God, all the technology, they're going to be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I yeah. agree. I don't know why the serious episodes make me feel the most jokey, but obviously. Because it makes you uncomfortable. Probably. I'm not making light of. Uh... I'm like that, too, though. I, I always use humor instead of. Yeah. Well, we were a, a real great match here because we were both doing the same thing. Like, no one was being an adult while we were talking about, like, the sound of circular saws in hospitals. We were. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> how could that happen? That is really uh, odd. It's timing. a great story. It is a good story. It's, it's odd timing. All right. Uh, hold on one All second. Right. I'd like to thank Heidi for coming on the show and telling her story. And of course, Thank Touch by Type 1 for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. I would like to remind you to check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and at touchedbytype1.org. I also want to remind you that I have a website, juiceboxpodcast.com, and a Facebook page with over 18,000 members, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. The Facebook page is completely free. I just recently found out that people charge for that. Uh, there's no charge to be in the Facebook group. Just go use it. Enjoy it. Meet other people who have type 1. For adults and parents, there's a beautiful little hodgepodge in there. You might like it. I wish you could be in my head right now while I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go back and edit out where I went blah, 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 in between those. I'm not. I'm leaving it in. I don't care. I mean, it's not that I don't care. It's just... I don't know how to put it to you. It's not that I don't care. It's that I um I don't think it matters. Like I don't think you're right now going, oh, how unprofessional of Scott. I just don't think you mind. And if you don't mind, it doesn't matter. Mind over matter. I don't think that's what that means. But anyway.